0: Welcome to the Quran for Busy People podcast, episode number 17. You're listening to the Quran for Busy People podcast, a safe space for you to rediscover the simple beauty and spiritual depth of Islam beyond the headlines. as alaikum. May the peace, love, and blessings of Allah be with you. I'm the Quran coach, Mamun Yousaf, and today's podcast episode is called Consult the World's Greatest Expert. Today, I'm going to continue reading from chapter 2 of the new book, Timeless Wisdom. So we're getting on to chapter 2.4 now, Consult the World's Greatest Expert. In his best-selling book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell puts forward a theory he calls the 10,000-hour rule. This rule of thumb states that for someone to become an outlier, to reach a world-class outstanding level of performance in any activity, they need to practice their art for approximately 10,000 hours. He uses the example of the Beatles, who performed in Berlin every night for years before they became the best band in the world. He also references classical musicians such as Beethoven and Mozart, who are clearly head and shoulders above everyone else in their field. That's an interesting theory. I have no way of verifying how accurate it is, but if it stands to reason, if you did just about anything for 10,000 hours, you'd at least be pretty darn good at it compared with the average Joe. Just for some perspective, it takes about seven years of training three hours a week to achieve a black belt in jujitsu. Even if you were slow to pick it up and it took you 10 years to achieve a black belt, it would still only work out as 1,500 hours of training. So imagine how proficient you would be after 10,000 hours of training. Like I said, pretty darn good. Same goes for memorizing the Qur'an. If you invest two hours a day revising what you already know and learning about half a page more in that time, you'd probably get to about 2.5 pages a week. That's 10 pages a month, 120 pages a year, and the entire 600 pages in five years. By that point, you would have invested around 3,750 hours total, and you would be a hafiz. And you'd still have a long way to go before hitting the 10,000 mark, approximately another nine years worth of working at the same rate. So what's this got to do with understanding the nature of thought? Well, simply put, how many hours have you been thinking for? Well over 10,000, that's for sure. You think 24 hours a day, seven days a week without rest. If you're 30 years old, you've already spent 262,080 hours of first-hand experience of thought. Even when you sleep, your mind is still at it, generating images and experiences we collectively call dreams. When it comes to understanding the nature of thought, all of humanity is on a level playing field. You are an elite level expert at thought, and so is everyone else. I stress this point because in the course of reflecting on this book you may well discover that you have personal insights about the human mind and the nature of thought that elude psychologists and psychiatrists. And that's okay. Their white coats don't give them more expertise in thought. It just gives them the legal right to hand out medication for it. So let's begin tapping into that infinite well of wisdom that lies within. Let's explore everything you already know about the nature of thought. Here's an exercise I randomly did myself when I started to realize that understanding the nature of thought itself is the key to personal transformation. It's so simple, yet it can be so powerful. All I want you to do is brainstorm everything you know about the nature of thought by answering this question. What do I already know is absolutely true about thought itself based on hundreds of thousands of hours of doing it all day long? I recommend you pause listening at this point, grab a pen and paper, and actually answer this question for yourself. You might be surprised at what you come up with. And if your first thought is, I don't know, then you've gotta be kidding. What are all the different kinds of thoughts you've had? When I first did this exercise, my list went something like this. Thoughts can be positive or negative, and thus cause positive or negative feelings. Thoughts can be of the past or the future. Thought can take the form of this present moment's experience. Thought causes feeling. Thought can be conscious or unconscious. You're not always aware of what you're thinking. Thoughts can take the form of words, self-talk, and pictures, mind movies. If you try to analyze why you had a thought after you've had it, you're already too late. I've often had a chain of thoughts that lead from one to another. As we deepen our understanding of the nature of thought itself, instead of getting caught up with individual, personal thoughts we've had, all of our beliefs, values, and lower-level thinking starts to reorder itself. So what really is thought? Thought is your self-generated perception of reality here are some examples of things you experience all the time that come from thought everything you're experiencing of the outside world right now is actually being generated by your mind thanks to the power of thought in other words it's your self-generated perception of reality your perception and your experience doesn't actually come from the outside world it's generated inside of your own mind If you close your eyes and try to remember what the room around you looks like, that image in your mind's eye is also made of thought. If you remember anything that's ever happened to you in the past, mundane or emotional, that memory is thought. If you imagine something happening in the future, that future memory or fantasy is your thought. When you were a child and you used to play with your imaginary friends, those friends were a figment of your thought. Everything you imagine, past, present or future, is your thought. To really get how much of your current reality is influenced by your thought requires a couple of movie references. Have you ever seen Inception, the movie by Christopher Nolan starring Leonardo DiCaprio? If not, go and watch it. It was probably the best movie of 2010. In the movie, DiCaprio explains how dreams work. When you're in a dream, you don't realise you're in a dream. Your mind is so powerful that it creates your experience of reality, then instantly lets you experience the reality it just created so quickly that you don't even realize you just created it. Truly fascinating thing is that this is exactly how it works when you're wide awake. Pause, take a deep breath, and listen as I read that again. In the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio explains how dreams work. When you're in a dream, you don't realize you're in a dream. Your mind is so powerful that it creates your whole experience of reality and then instantly lets you experience the reality it just created so quickly that you don't even realize you just created it. The truly fascinating thing is that this is exactly how it works when you're wide awake too. You are not experiencing reality. You are experiencing your mind-generated perception of reality. You're experiencing your thought. 100% of your experience of everything that's around you right now is not coming from outside of you. It's being generated from within your own mind. Every time I see the truth of this, it completely blows my mind. Only when you realize the power and role that thought is playing in your life? Can you understand and clearly see the source of all your spiritual struggles? To discover the source of all your spiritual struggles, tune in to next week's podcast. Until then, may the peace, love, and blessings of Allah be with you always. If you enjoyed this week's podcast and you'd like to read the whole book instead of just listening to it and get a free video training series on how the Quran can transform your life, go to www.quranforbusypeople.com.